Sometimes I take my son Brad or my son Brody or, and we got to go get new shoes. They're at the age where that happens about every seven minutes. Now, if we get in the car to go shoe shopping, do I want to bless them with some new shoes? You bet. But you know what I'm hoping for even more than blessing them with some new shoes? I'm hoping that they enjoy some father-son time in the car while we do it. And I would hate for either my boys or my daughter to get hung up on the shoes and miss the time in the car. And I wonder about how many of those things in my life where I've been looking for the physical thing, the quick fix thing, the surfacey thing, really at the expense of the deeper thing, the more important thing, the more special thing. And praise be to God, Jesus is interested in both. Thank you, guys. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 7. Ron's going to lead us through uh, a great teaching this morning. Well, thank you so much. We've already had such a full time already together, right? I mean, super rich and special time. And uh, so I'm going to try to uh, work a good clip through our time here through the word. But we're continuing through through the gospel of Mark this morning. So go to Mark, go to chapter seven, if you have your Bible. And uh, that's where we'll spend a little bit of time picking up where your pastor left off last week. Um, Thanks for being a church too, to give your pastor a breather. And it's always a joy just to be able to come in and uh, fill in for a Sunday with you all, spend this time. It's a real honor and privilege. Um, have you ever had a communication breakdown? Uh, if you're married, you don't even need to raise your hand, actually. Um, if you got friends, maybe a coworker situation, uh, maybe some dynamic in your family a long time ago, communication just full on broke down. Um, sometimes you see it in advertising. I went to our mall here a couple of years ago. Are you familiar? We have a mall. Anyway, um, I went inside and there was like these random shops starting to pop in there for a while. And there was one and the sign above letting you know what the store was said windows and more. The problem was I looked inside. There were only windows in there. There was no more. And so I'm thinking, gosh, you could come up with a better name. And then I started noticing that sort of thing all over the place, um, just goofy signs all over the place. I mean, communication breakdown all over. I've pulled a couple for you. This is a good one. Do not enter entrance only. Um, next one makes me laugh. <laughs> Do you really need the sign? I mean... <laughs> No, no comment. The next one uh, is somebody felt compelled to still communicate. Um, and then the next one, please slow drively, um, which is actually related to the next one. Uh, respect our country. Speak English. Okay, maybe you should learn how to spell R before you command everybody to speak English. And then the last one's maybe my favorite. Hey, it's Meth Bible Camp. Uh, really? No joke, it's a dead end. I mean, maybe that was the best communicated one of, of the lot. There's so many opportunities for us on a daily basis to miscommunicate with each other, breakdowns in communication. Sometimes 
it, it, they're hurtful, though. Um, sometimes we, we say things that came out the wrong way, and that leads to a whole bunch of issues. Sometimes we communicate things um, where, oh, we meant to say it. We knew what we were saying when the word came out of our mouth. Sometimes it's not so much a miscommunication as a, a lack of communication or a laziness in the way that we go about communicating with each other. And I am so thankful that when it comes to God and Jesus in particular, he is not lazy in the way that he communicates with us. Do you know the lengths that God has gone to communicate to us? The lengths that he has gone to communicate who he is, what he values, what he's about, the lengths that he has gone and also continues to go to communicate to every single one of us about our value and about our worth. And what I love about the way that Jesus communicates, especially in this passage we're going to look at today, is that Jesus communicates in a way that presses past the surfacey stuff and right to the heart. I don't think Jesus was just into like chit-chat. He was capable of it. I'm sure he laughed a lot. He would have been an easy conversation. But when it comes to communicating, Jesus wasn't just going to leave stuff at the physical, at the surface level. Jesus, you could bet, was always going to press through the surfacey issue, the face value issue, and get to our hearts, get to the heart of the matter. And this passage today, you guys, honestly, I'm not, I've been wrestling the last couple of weeks, kind of looking over this and studying it. It's not one of those that has a whole lot of really easy application, you know, like go do these three things that all start with the letter R and your life's going to be amazing this week. That's nice when that happens. And there's times in the Bible that does happen, but this is one of those where maybe just really understanding the heart of Jesus more than you have before, or being reminded of something that you knew about him a while ago, maybe that's the application for today. And you'd go out encouraged, knowing how Jesus sees you and what he values in you. Uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 31, we're wrapping up the chapter today. It says, again, leaving the region of Tyre, he went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, through the region of the Decapolis, They brought to him a deaf man who also had a speech difficulty and begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. So he took him away from the crowd privately. After putting his fingers in the man's ears and spitting, he touched his tongue. Ew. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed deeply and said to him, Ephatha. That is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, his speech difficulty was removed, and he began to speak clearly. Then he ordered them to tell no one, but the more he would order them, the more they would proclaim it. They were extremely astonished and said, he's done everything well. He even makes deaf people hear and people unable to speak talk. 
You know, this to me, this, this passage, just real briefly in context, this is a story about a healing. It's a story about a miracle. It's a story about Jesus ministering both to individuals and also to crowds of people. In particular, though, it's another story of Jesus healing a Gentile, a non-Jewish person in a Gentile region. In context, it's, it's Mark communicating again, hey, Jesus, the gospel, the kingdom of God, it's meant for all people, Jews and non-Jews. It's also a story of this interesting, circuitous route that Jesus is taking to spend some time with his 12 guys. It's a story about the unique ministry that Jesus had to his 12 and then a unique ministry that he had to the crowds and a different ministry to individual people. He cared about every single person. And this unique glimpse of Jesus, it's, it's so special to me because Jesus is God in the flesh, Right? Jesus is God who took on flesh and became like one of us in every way. And when God took on flesh, now the uniqueness in the person of Jesus, what's so stunning to me about him in this is that whole action of God becoming flesh to me is one of the most powerful, empathetic gestures I think the world has ever seen. That God would give up heaven and take on flesh to become like one of us to, yes, take the sin problem on. Die on a cross, raise from the dead. But also to, to relate to us as human beings. I see that here in this passage. And, and what kills me in this moment in the best of ways is that this is such an amazing moment where... Yes, God's doing a miracle. This is a divine moment. This, yes, Jesus is very much fully God. But I would love to pay attention to the overwhelming humanity of Jesus in this moment too. The lengths that Jesus would go to communicate in a very human level even while he is performing a divine miracle. It's stunning to me. If, if, I, if I double back for just a second, and we'll kind of work our way through. Look at verses 31 and 32. Again, leaving the region of Tyre, he went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee through the region of the Decapolis. Now, right there, just super quick, a little bit of a side note. If you kind of trace, you got a map out and you followed this route, it sounds like Jesus is here and he's taking his 12 and they're just going over here. That's not the case. This is the most circuitous route uh, to go from Tyre up to Sidon and then down to the region of the Sea of Galilee is not a direct route. It was some 120 miles that they're going to walk out of their way. And Sidon was way north of Tyre. So this would be like if I came and said, okay, guys, right after church, we're going to all walk to Phoenix. 
by way of Ash Fork. <laughs> Anybody's going, wait, what? No, we just go that way. And yet Jesus goes all the way up to Ash Fork and then makes his way down to Phoenix. It's, it's because he, he could have taken the direct route, but he wanted to spend time with his guys. He wanted the extra journey because there's an awful lot of walking seminar that takes place when you get extra time with Jesus. And he was intentionally investing in his guys, intense, intensely training his guys for the ministry that he knew he was going to entrust to them while they took a longer route. Verse 32 They get down to the region where they were headed finally. And then it says, they, some people, brought to him a deaf man who also had a speech difficulty and begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. I I love this. Um, Catch for just a second, because this deaf mute person, uh, in, in both the Hebrew Jewish culture and the Gentile culture, deaf mutes were considered outsiders. Honestly, you fast forward to 2021, and I'm not sure stuff's different today. There would have been some accompanying uh, religious ins and outs. Oh, well, one, for Jews to write with Gentiles, they're unclean. Now these people that have a specific physical disability, maybe there's a different level of uncleanliness. But you look in our culture today, there's any number of people groups that we are quick to just call outsiders and not want to associate with. Wouldn't it be amazing like if we all remember, like we're all made in the image of God. And if we want to be really honest, we're all broken. We're all outsiders. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. And but for the grace of God who just pulls us in anyway. And I love that while this deaf mute man was an outsider, because of his physical challenges, he was also facing countless numbers of emotional issues, chief of which I'm sure would be something like loneliness. Wrestling with the fact that, oh my goodness, people can't touch me. People don't want to be around me because of my disability. People misunderstand me. I can't communicate to them. I can't understand very well what they're trying to communicate to me. My goodness, pause button just for a minute, the physical issues that you just go, gosh, that would be such a challenge to live with day in and day out. Imagine the heart issues. Imagine the emotional stuff going on that come as a result of in that culture, in that day, forget that, even today, you're going to carry a whole lot with you emotionally. And yet here comes Jesus, the lengths that he's going to go to communicate not just physical healing, but some emotional healing, I'm sure, was coming with it. Some relational healing, much less the spiritual I love that despite a culture that put deaf mutes on the outside, he had some friends. Some people brought him to Jesus. 
Some people went, I, I don't care. We, we get a sense that Jesus is a little bit different than everybody else. Jesus is uh, doing way more than our little G-gods seem to be doing. Let's get our buddy over there. Let's see what he can do. I love that. And then look, verse 33 and 4. Gross and awesome all at the same time. Here we go. So, he, Jesus, took him, the deaf mute, away from the crowd privately. After putting his fingers in the man's ears and spitting, he touched his tongue. Okay? So, Jesus takes the deaf mute away from the crowd privately. He spits in his hands or on his fingers and then puts his fingers in the guy's ears. Pops them out or... And then spit on the fingers and then touches the guy's tongue. This is not socially distant. This is not COVID-approved behavior. And yet this is what he's doing. Then, looking up to heaven, Jesus sighed deeply and said to him, be opened. And then, boom. Okay. I think there's at least four ways right here that Jesus is trying to communicate in a visual manner to this deaf mute person. Because think about it, if you are deaf and you can't hear, you are mute, you can't speak, what sense have you probably come to rely on almost entirely? And so now Jesus is going to go above and beyond from my perspective, looking at the text here, to make sure that when he's communicating, he's communicating in a way that this man can understand. Because think about it. Did Jesus need to do any of this stuff? No, you're familiar with other stories. You can think of other moments where Jesus healed physically people from afar. I mean, he could just think it. He could snap his finger. Whatever he chose, to, he could do that. But in this particular case, he, he's got private time with this individual. And then now he's doing what seems to be this really odd sort of behavior. But I think he's communicating four powerful things. One, first, is the touch to the ears. When he touches the ears, what's the guy know? Wait a minute. This Jesus already knows. He's got it. Like he, he's understanding I'm deaf. But he's also touching and demonstrating, showing compassion. Who knows the last time this man's been touched in any fashion? And now this rabbi, God in the flesh, despite what the crowds might think, is willing to walk up and touch someone like that. I love Jesus so much. It's so cool to, just to see him in action. He reaches up and he touches the ears and, and, and more than the physical, not just the physical, because that's powerful, that's a miracle, that's, that's not worth, you know, downplaying. But when he touches the ears, I believe it's also Jesus saying, hey, you're not crazy, you just can't hear. I know as a result of your hearing the things that people have said about you. 
or thought about you. Let me touch, bring physical healing, but in my touch, let me communicate something else to you. I see you. I get you. I understand the hardship that you might be dealing with here. First sign. Second, second sign, second touch, a touch to the tongue. What's his other issues? Difficulty in speech. Sometimes those are related. If you can't hear well, then it affects the way that we speak. And he touches the tongue. And again, there's physical healing. We're not going to downplay that. But there is also this, hey, I'm touching your tongue. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. You just can't talk. I see you. I know what everybody's said about you. I know what other people think about you. I know what maybe you have begun to think about yourself because of what has been said about you. You're not crazy. You're not stupid. You just can't hear and you can't talk and I'm going to fix it. I love that gesture. I love that picture. Rather than just staying far off, He's going above and beyond to communicate, honestly, something perhaps even more needed than the physical healing. I mean, which is more important? Which is, I mean, yes, I I want this person to hear. I want this person to be able to speak. But I also want this person to be healed up in here. And Jesus was communicating enough to that man to do both. You know, Jesus didn't come just to give you some sort of physical blessing. Sometimes I take my son Brad or my son Brody or, and we got to go get new shoes. They're at the age where that happens about every seven minutes. <laughs> now, if we get in the car to go shoe shopping. Do I want to bless them with some new shoes? You bet. But you know what I'm hoping for even more than blessing them with some new shoes? I'm hoping that they enjoy some time, father-son time in the car while we do it. And I would hate for either my boys or my daughter to get hung up on the shoes and miss the time in the car. And I wonder about how many of those things in my life where I've been looking for the physical thing, the quick fix thing, the surfacey thing, really at the expense of the deeper thing, the more important thing, the more special thing. And praise be to God, Jesus is interested in both. He knows what we need. What I would venture to say is that he knows that we probably need the stuff in here, maybe even more than we need the physical healing. Someday we're all going to get the physical healing. Everybody here has got some disability of some sort. Some are just more obvious than others. You know, Jesus is still interested in you, the outside and the inside. He touches the ears, he touches the tongue. Two more signs, 
while he's doing this, he looks up to heaven. If we're that close and I'm performing this sort of operation on you, and then I throw a glance skyward, do you think the guy noticed that? Would you notice that? Yeah. I think he's communicating again. Hey, I'm going to pray right now. Hey, the source of your hope, the source of your healing, it's him. I'm not just a guy. I'm not just this rabbi. I'm not just a magician or a miracle. What I'm doing here is God at work. And then it says he sighed deeply. Fourth and final sign, Jesus communicating. I think intentional. It's a deep sigh. If we were that close and you and I are just having a conversation and if I'm tuned in to you and you just went, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know something's going on in your head and your heart. And I think Jesus, deep sigh, was communicating something to the man. I think he was communicating, I'm emotionally invested in you. I think he was empathizing. (sighs) Can you imagine God in the flesh, face to face, with a precious one of his creation, and seeing all the fallout of this broken, jacked up world we live in? I think that would make our maker. This isn't what I intended. It's not always going to be this way. I'm not just this distant God who's going to snap my fingers or send lightning or whatever. I'm empathizing. I can relate. I hurt with you. It's not always going to be this way. And for this guy, a physical healing was going to come quick. And then the rest, well, I imagine it came later. Verse 35 and 6, immediately his ears were opened, his speech difficulty was removed, and he began to speak clearly. Wow. Then he ordered them, presumably the crowd, to tell no one. But the more he would order them, the more they would proclaim it. So this was a common problem with Jesus. If you read Mark's account as well as the other Gospels, the crowd always was kind of doing the wrong thing. Sometimes Jesus would tell them, speak up. Sometimes he would say, don't say anything. It typically didn't have a whole lot of bearing on what the people actually did. But he was real sensitive to his mission. And his mission was not the physical temporary healing of everybody that he came across. His mission was the cross, and his mission was the spiritual healing for all people who would put their faith and trust in him. And so he's just going about his normal business. He tells him not to tell anything. Now imagine it for the guy that he just healed. The one who was unable to speak, now enabled to speak, now commanded not to. Come on. That would be so challenging. Last verse, 37. 
The crowd's looking on. It says they were extremely astonished. That's the only place in the Gospels where that phrase appears. And said, he has done everything well. And apparently what Mark records here, what was heard here, the phrase that was thrown out by people here in a crazy way is actually an echo of Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 after God's completed the creation of the world and he looks on it and he says everything was very good. And the link between that and Mark's account of Jesus' action here is basically Mark affirming, hey, what you're seeing Jesus do here is only something God can do. Man, God's amazing. The other cool part about this, as he wraps up, he even makes deaf people hear and people unable to speak talk. The phrase unable to speak or difficulty speaking in the language here, that word or phrase that gets translated difficulty speaking only appears here in the New Testament and one other time in the Bible, as it's translated specifically here, one other time in the Bible, and you know where it shows up? Way back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 35, in a passage talking about the Messiah, and if you're not real familiar, the Messiah is just this promise of a savior that God gave way back in the beginning, actually in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He promises a Messiah, promises a Savior is going to come. And throughout the Old Testament, there's all these prophecies that the Savior, the Messiah, would have to fulfill. And so this is actually a fulfillment, what we just read, of one of the prophecies that Isaiah made some six, 700 years before Jesus even walked the earth. And that word usage there would have triggered the ears of people that were maybe turned into the Old Testament And on Isaiah chapter 35 is where that word appears about the Messiah. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute, there's the phrase, will sing for joy. For water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground will become a pool of water and the thirsty land springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, in their lairs, there will be grass, reeds, and papyrus. It's this beautiful picture what the Messiah will do in us and through us and in building his kingdom, reclaim and restore, heal up, yes, physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. And so these are metaphors. What he did literally for this guy here in physical healing, and I believe a whole lot more under the surface in emotional healing, and he's making a way for the spiritual healing of all of our hearts, was predicted. When Isaiah is using these metaphors here, he's saying this is what the Savior is going to do. This is what Messiah is going to do. He's going to come and he's going to not just heal the blind so they can see. I mean, because that's great. But how much better if you can see spiritually? He's not just going to heal our ears so that we can hear if you can't physically right now, because that's good. If, and I'm praying for anybody that has physical challenges. God can still heal miraculously today. 
But what is also there is God saying, I'm here so that it can open the ears of your heart and soul to hear the truth. And then when you talk, it's, it's not just healing your tongue so that you can actually speak. It's so that you can speak stuff worth speaking. Life-giving words instead of words that rip people to shreds. And I love all of this because it's abundance that's described in Isaiah 35. It's not just that people who can't speak are going to get to speak. He said people who can't speak are now going to sing praises. It's not just the people that are lame and struggling physically because they've got some sort of damage to a limb or whatever. It's not just that they will now be able to walk someday. It's that they'll be able to run and sprint like a deer. I haven't done that since I was 12. But someday, someday, we can all look forward to that. And let's just not miss the deeper things that Jesus wants to communicate about you, about others, the deeper things of your heart, your emotions, that he's got some healing for you there. And if not this side of heaven, he can heal you here and and may. And if not here, then you will someday. Those of you that suffer physical challenge, I've got epilepsy. I wish that would go away. Some of you carry stuff day in and day out that I'll never be able to understand. I hope that goes away. I'll be praying for it in faith. At the same time, I'm more interested. I'm more interested not that you just get a miracle that you need physically. I'm more interested that you understand you have a sympathetic high priest that gets you, understands you, knows you inside and out, and loves you anyway. Because he's one that you've got here and now and forevermore. The physical stuff, that's all going to fade. But he and your relationship with him, that's what's lasting. So Father, we just thank you. Thank you for our time. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being so gracious and patient with us. Thank you that you go great lengths to communicate to us. You did it in how you've preserved your word to us. You you communicate so much to us by giving us your Holy Spirit. You went to great lengths in becoming like one of us. To communicate not just to the surfacey or physical areas of our life, but also to the deeper emotional areas. I thank you that you healed that guy that day. But I also thank you that I'm sure that there was tremendous relational, emotional healing, and I'm sure spiritual too at some point. Father, we uh, ask that you'd allow us to have a real sensitivity to the areas in our life that you want to touch. And rather than flinch or pull away, help us catch what you're trying to put a finger on in our hearts and our souls. We just invite you to move and heal and shape and change however you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome. We are so glad that you were able to tune in. 
And my name is Nate, and I'm a, I'm a part of the team here at Restoration Church. And I'm just so thankful for Ron stepping in and teaching. And um, what an incredible word. And just the tensions of reality that Jesus is, is, uh, makes himself available for his disciples goes the long way. But also there's a level, level of intentionality. And I always ask, like, did Jesus go because he already knew that that man was going to be there and needed to be loved and to be healed? Um, and maybe he maybe he didn't. Maybe, um, maybe there was a level of intentionality and um, him just going there and then the father ordained those moments. And so, um, but thankful that he makes time to love us, to lead us, to teach us. And then in turn, when we come and we sit before him, he also is so willing and able to heal uh, both the heart and the physical uh, nature of who we are as humans. And so what a cool teaching. Thankful for this morning. And um, yeah, if you'd like to learn more or connect with us, please jump over to restorationaz.org. Um, We would love to connect with you or if you'd like to learn more about us. And until next time, remember, Jesus is the only one who is trustworthy always, no matter the moment. So press on as we continue to practice the way of Jesus.